Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a podcast for Home Field Advantage. I'm your host back again, Mike Lavelle, here with another podcast for the week. Um, today's podcast will be a little different. I know usually I talk a nice sports uh, conversation. This one is related to sports, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I am, you know, glad to have this conversation. And I have somebody really special on the show today to have that conversation with me. This is someone that I've known for a long, 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 long time. Um, and, you know, it just just so happens. I don't know if you guys have had this happen, but sometimes you don't really know someone when you go to school with them. But then afterwards, you get to learn about them and respect them a little more. And you're like, ah, I wish I knew you a little bit more. So this person kind of fits that description. She was a little bougie in high school, but she's different now. She's different now. All right. Introducing to the show, and we'll tell you why she's on the show and all that she has to bring to the show. Someone I really respect. Introduce to the show, Allison. What's going on, Allison? Hey, hi. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's good to speak to you. You know, I, you wouldn't talk to us minions in high school, so it's good. <laughs> I never. <laughs> you don't think you was bougie in high school? No, I was a loner. You were not a loner. I was a, I was a, you know what I like to call it? An introverted extrovert. Think about mm. that. Okay. Okay. I, I, <laughs> okay. I can deal with that. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. All right. You were a loner. You had your groups. I mean, you was kind of popular. I, well, I, I don't know. Oh, I think so. Maybe De- depending upon the group of people, but yeah, if That's you say true. so. But you know, we didn't go to a high school that exactly was full of cliques. Like everybody just not really with everybody. Exactly. So I mean, that was cool. I was a nerd in school, so you <laughs> how that is. A lot of people don't believe me. I was a nerd in school. I mean, I was what? Cool. I remember your PowerPoint presentation in U.S. history. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Wait, I did have a lot of PowerPoint presentations. That lets you know how. Who knows Microsoft in high school? What kind of hey, that? Mike? kind of mess is that jesus <laughs> folks was like what's how do you get slides on the tv it's called powerpoint exactly. i learned it in school being a nerd not <laughs> it's all good but i'm glad to have you on the show um just to let people know allison is on the show um because she has an excellent foundation that deals with domestic violence and with so many things going on in the news i thought it's in important to have this conversation especially you know we got cowboys dallas cowboys are in trouble now you know or not in trouble but they're centered around that so i thought it'd be good to have a real open honest discussion uh but before we do that y'all know how we start the show we start with a rant and i have one to go on i'm gonna breathe a little bit matter of fact i'm drinking a little vodka and cranberry juice so i'm gonna take a sip of this oh lord 
we'll, yeah, we'll 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 have this conversation. Okay, here's my rant for the day. Um, I don't know if it's an angry rant. I don't know if it's a happy rant. I don't know what it is, but. You know, the the thing that people love about me right now or the, you know what people say to me when they meet me or when they get to know me, they always say, Mike, you are a man of your word. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. And I and I truly hold on to that because I want to be a man of my word. I want to be a person that people trust that when I say something, I'm going to do it. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I believe in the power that I have. I'm not a victim. I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody who's just woe is me. The circumstances aren't beating my butt every day. I'm just a person who understands the power that I have to get things done. I believe that if there's something that I want to do, I can put my mind to it and get it done. That's the power of me. And what I need people to do is start to get the power of you in you. I am tired of hearing people say, I can't do something. Why? Why can't you do something? Start to be, put reasons behind it. Start to be accountable so that you can figure out why I can't do something. Maybe you can do it and you haven't figured out a way to do it. Maybe there's a roadblock in your way. Maybe there's something in your life that's holding you back. Maybe there's something stupid that you just like, man, I'm insecure about this. And that's just holding you back. But stop saying you can't do something. Start saying that you don't have the opportunity to do something right now. Start saying that right now, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to try. But I tell you something I tell my nephew. My nephew, when he was young, he used to say, Uncle Mike, I can't do that. I tell him, stop. Just like a cuss word, you don't say I can't in my house. Right. You, you tell me, Uncle Mike, I don't know how to do this. Uncle Mike, I don't feel like... Uh, I have the skills to do this. Uncle Mike, I don't feel like I'm tall enough to reach that. Let me know so that just in case somebody's able to help you or support you, they can do it. I don't go about life like I'm powerless. I go about life like I have the power to do things or make changes. I can't do everything. Nope. If I could, I wouldn't be broke right now, but I'm broke. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm able to accomplish things that I that some people think that I wouldn't have the opportunity to do. I come from a background in East Point where my mom didn't have gas all the time. So sometimes she had to cook food on a hot plate and we had to warm up our hot water in the microwave. Mm -hmm. All right, statistics tell you I'm not supposed to do anything with my life, but I did. Yep. I had the faith and power to get things done. And when you're, when you're powerful, then you can empower other people. Now, I say all that to say, yes, I know there's a bunch of junk that goes on in this world that messes up your circumstances to do things. Cool. I get it. But stop saying you can't do something. Period. If you can have six baby mamas and only have one job for the rest of your life, you can do something. Because I can't believe you can do that. <laughs> if you can have four card notes and never have a place of your own to stay in, you can do a lot of things because I can't believe you can do that. Mm -hmm. So please stop saying you can't do something. That bothers me. It annoys me and it, it really irritates me. You don't have to be a victim of your circumstances your whole life. Victim is temporary to me. You got the yeah. power to get out of it. Mm -hmm. That's my rant. That's my rant. I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that was a lot, and everybody can find themselves in all of that. I tell my kids, don't say can't. Yeah. All the time. I was a teen mom, so nobody expected me to graduate high school. So mm-hmm. to have done that and done that in the time allotted, I didn't have to go to summer school. I didn't have to repeat. I did it. Mm-hmm. Nobody okay. expected that, and nobody expected for me to be where I am today. Nobody expected me to have a degree and be a registered nurse. They didn't see that for me. Mm-hmm. So when I hear my kids say I can't, it burns my soul. Yeah. Because if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And that's what I tell anybody, anybody. There's a lot of things that are going to stop you from doing a bunch of stuff. Yep. But... You have to, sometimes we get in our own way. We get in our own way, we get in our own head. And when you tell yourself that you can't do something, you won't. Mm Mm-hmm. The only way to ensure you fail is to quit. Yep. And how how would you know? You're not going to be the best at everything, but at least you can say that you tried to do it. You're not going to be the best at everything. You're not supposed to be. Mm. But you tried it, whether it worked for you or not. You tried it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And you use what you have, and you do everything to the best of your ability. I, I just had that talk with my son. He's 17 now. He will be graduating high school next year. Oh, congratulations. Yep. I, I don't, he, he's not a bad kid. I don't, I don't have to worry about a lot of things. And I told him, don't ever live nobody else's dream but your own. That live your own dream. Do that. I'm going to be proud of you no matter what. If you decide, you know what, my I don't want to go to college. I want to cut hair. I'm going to be proud of you. You know what you want to do, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But it's your dream. It's what you've realized. It's what you're good at. That's what you're into. That's fine. Don't ever live anybody else's dream, and don't ever say you can't. Be yourself. That's it. Nice. Hey, let me tell y'all something. Before the show, I always have a pre pre-production show. And Allison was like, I don't have anything to rant about. And here she just went on the testimony. Look at this. Dropping <laughs> all kind of gems. All right. Oh, my God. That's oh. so funny because I was like, oh, I don't know. Go ahead. You do it. <laughs> now, before we get into um, the main topic, I have to tell this story because you brought up graduation. And, a, mm-hmm. and, and you know, graduation at Tri-City, is, that's its own memory. I got all kind of memories for that. But I have to tell this story because not a lot of people know this um, that went to school with me. So my parents were in the audience recording the entire graduation because I don't know if you remember, I started off the commencement with my speech. So, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my mom's recording that. I had this tape forever. And one day I was like, I got to get this moved over to VHS or DVD or something before I lose it. And I go to look at the video and right when I'm talking in the middle of my speech, it cuts off. And all you see is my mom and my aunties dancing in the living room to music. (laughs) So I guess obviously one day they decided I'm going to go get Mike's camera. We're going to record ourselves drinking and have a good time. (laughs) So I lost a good 15 minutes of our graduation to my mother and my father in the living room dancing with my family. I'm still <laughs> heated. <laughs> I bet they was having a good time, too. They was, but, okay, what are you going to do? 
I don't Where's my memory, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I don't know anybody that still got that tape. Nobody. Wow. So I'm a little salty about that. You just brought up a bad memory. I'm going to call my mama and I'm going to off. <laughs> I'm like, Ma, you remember when? <laughs> she might come over here and try to smack me. I'm going to leave her alone. All right. Uh-huh. So we're going to get into the discussion. Um, the name of, I want. can you tell everybody the name of your foundation? Mm-hmm. Um, so the name of my foundation is um, The Stars in the Sky. Um, I chose that name because um, when, you know, when Lexi passed away, I used to always, you know, say like I would go and write on her page and I would just always say I love you more than all the stars in the sky. And when I decided to do this, it was just like that just that made sense. That made mm-hmm. sense to do. And it, it stuck. It sound right. And it's like, I think I felt that when you, when, when you look, when you think about looking at the sky at night and you see all these stars, for me, I don't see it as like looking at the stars. I see it as people that we may have loved and they've passed on and they moved. They are those stars. And for a lot of people, they probably think the same way I do. And I just felt like it was so fitting for what it was because I did it from my heart and I wanted it to represent our sisterhood on so many other levels. Like there's it's so many levels to it. It's not just, you know, one dimensional. It's it's so big. It's bigger than myself. Like I it it really is. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's where that came from. Okay, that's nice. Um before we go anywhere, um, Google the Stars in the Sky Foundation. You can you're on Instagram, right? Yes, um, I am on Instagram at the Stars, um, the letter N, the Sky, all one word, no underscores. Okay, so I and want then on Facebook it's the Stars in the Sky Foundation. All right, so I want everyone right now. It's really quick. It's like maybe four clicks at the most. Go on Instagram. Follow stars, the letter N, the sky, one word, and go on Facebook, search them, and like the page. Just do that for me. That's small stuff that we could do to support each other. Just do that for me really quick. Show Allison we got some kind of power just to support one another with a click of a button. Mm-hmm. All right? So, Allison, um, you know, I know you brought up Lexi's name. I knew her from school. Um, Mm -hmm. But I want you to tell the story of why the foundation was started, because I even don't know exactly what happened. I just knew something happened. So I'm going to give you the floor. Go. Okay. Um, So 2012, um, you know, I remember me and Lexi just like talking back and forth. And, you know, she had started this new relationship with this guy. And uh, I remember us having a conversation, and she was just telling me, like, oh, my God. Like, we were trying to have a conversation, and he couldn't, like, let her have the conversation with me. And I was like, oh, my God, like, who you met? How long y'all been together? And at that time, it had only been, like, a couple months. Um, Around July of 2012, I recall her, you know, she sent me a text out the blue, and she, you know, no, she called me, and she said, like, she just sounds so scared. And, if you know, if anybody knew her, she was probably one of the strongest people I knew. 
She mm-hmm. was very headstrong, very independent. Um, so to hear that, it, it, it was fear. It was so weird what I heard. And, you know, that's when she told me, she broke down and told me that this guy had been hitting on her. And um, I'm like, so, you know, and then it made me think back to, you know, random texts I would get from her like, hey, um, my boyfriend got into a fight um, while we were out one night and he got a black eye. What do you think he can put on it? Oh, I'm like, oh, put this on it, put that on it. But in reality, she was asking for herself. Wow. And um, she, you know, she told me all of that and she was like, she was so scared to leave the house because he was gone. She's like, I need to pack up all my stuff. I need to leave. But what if he comes back? You know, while I'm packing my stuff, I said, Lexi, you leave and you leave everything because what would you rather leave with, your life or your stuff? I said, leave that stuff. You can get all new stuff, but you have two children that you have to live for. So go and get out of there. You know, don't allow anybody to tear you down like, you know, this is, he he showed himself to you, now leave. You mm-hmm. This window is open, you walk out, you go, and you go now, and you do not look back. And, um... And she did that, and I remember talking to her again, and she had, you know, moved uh, in with her mom, and she was, you know, just saying, you know, thank you so much, I love you, like, you know, thank you for talking me through it, I can't believe that I was a, you know, I was that girl, I always said I would never be that girl, you know, and I remember telling her, we always say that we will never be this type of person, and you never know until you get in that situation. That was July. Um, fast forward to October, and um, her daughter's birthday is October 14th. So I remember calling her and um, to, to wish her daughter a happy birthday, and she didn't answer. So I left her a message like, hey, I was just calling, you know, to tell Tierra happy birthday. Um, make sure you call me back. Well, she never called me back. I'm like, dang. So um, I hadn't talked to her for a couple days, um, and then one day when I was at work, it was a Wednesday, and um, I'm at work, I'm, you know, going through day-to-day, and my phone is blowing up, and I keep seeing her number. I'm like, why is Lexi calling me so much? She know that I'm at work. Mm-hmm. And then I kept seeing this other phone number. It was a um, a, a Louisiana area code. I'm like, what? what? What is all of this? So I stepped off. I was in the patient's room. This phone number kept calling. So I stepped off of the floor, and I went into our locker room. And I answered the call, and it was um, Janiqua. Now, me, Janiqua, and Lexi, we were all, we were like, if you saw one of us, you saw all of us. That's just how tight we were. Y'all were all blizzing in school. Exactly. We (laughs) were the three stooges, period, point blank. You thick as thieves. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, she's talking to me, and I'm like, Janiqua, what's up? And she like, Allison, you must don't know. I'm like, no, what? I'm like, now you driving me crazy because, you know, you blowing my phone up. You, you kind of like be, what's up? Talk. And she said, he, 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 he killed her, Allison. He killed her. And what? I remember just sitting down on the bench. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, Lexi is dead. And I can't describe the feeling that went through my my soul. Mm-hmm. And 
I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like the words that was escaping her mouth, it was like a dream. Everything was in slow motion. And I sobbed. I cried like a baby because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This is my best friend, my sister. Like nobody can ever understand the bond that we have unless you have somebody so close to you like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting off the phone with her, and I'm like, I got to go. I can't. I can't talk to you no more. And I remember calling my mother because my mother and I worked in the same hospital. She just worked in a different building. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling her, and I'm like, my Lexi did. And she was like, what? And she dropped the phone, and she came over to the unit that I was working in, and uh, she came in, somebody let her in the locker room, because by this time, one of my coworkers had came in, and they heard me crying. And she just, my mother started crying, and one of my coworkers took me home, because I was just that distraught that I couldn't even drive. Of course, yeah. And I got home, and I just remember laying on my couch and crying, and I remember my son coming in and wrapping his arms around me. He didn't know what happened, but he just wrapped his arms around me and he was like, mama is going to be okay. And mm. for days I couldn't eat. My mother had to pick me up off my bathroom floor because I just, I couldn't move. And I talked to her sister and that's when I found out that it was her mother calling me. All oh, from times. the Louisiana number. From the, no, when I thought it was her number oh. calling me, that uh-huh. was her mother. Okay. Because her mother was calling me when she got, when they, when the police called her to the scene, her mother was calling me to let me know what happened. And so all those times I thought it was her calling me, it was her mother. And, you know, I that was a Wednesday, and Monday I got on a plane, and when I heard the story, what happened, they were out, um, at a club called Ocean 66. Mm-hmm. And he started hitting her and beating her up in that car. She jumped out the car and ran into the club. And this is where I think I got angry because when I heard this story, I can see vividly who he was the last person to kill her. But everybody, when I complete this story, you will see why I feel like everybody killed her. Mm-hmm. she jumped out the car and ran into the club past bouncers and she was also there with a friend and that friend's boyfriend uh-huh. she ran into the club and the bouncers you know she told the bouncers what happened and they would not allow him in and they called the police the girl that she was with when the police arrived said everything fine it's, it's cool and what? Union City police left why, why would she say that and to me, she killed her first. And the bouncers who allowed all of that to transpire and didn't say no, we saw her. She's in fear for her life. Right. All are at fault, too. She then goes back to where they were living. He then comes there, and he begins to beat her. And he beat her to death, her cause what? of death. Her cause of death was a subdural hematoma, blood force trauma. Blood force. 
do you have to hit a person? Soaking wet Lexi was 130 pounds, five foot three. Right, yeah. She can't beat you. She can't beat you. What force do you have to be hitting someone to where they're gone? I recall her mother giving me the police report. And I don't know if anybody can, like, read a story and it puts you there. I read that police report, and I was there. They, The police came in. They found my friend laid in the bed with the covers pulled up to her neck. They pulled oh. the covers back. She was completely naked. Her clothes were gone. And um, she was unconscious. She was not breathing. She had no life. And... She was pronounced dead on the scene. This man who did this to her, the story that he told the police was <laughs> he said that my friend was, they were smoking and drinking and doing cocaine. And she went to bed. And when he woke up, she wouldn't wake up. What? Now, my okay. friend, now, my friend, was she a drinker? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did she smoke black and mouse? Yes, but no other illegal substance. She has never done any hardcore drug. Bacardi 151 was the hardest drug she ever put in her body. And when I read that, I was so angry because I felt like you're trying to paint this picture of her to justify this, and that's not going to happen. It took months for, you know, the autopsy to kind of come back. But mm -hmm. when it did come back, she did, She had no traces of cocaine in her system. Yeah. And I felt vindicated. But they ruled her death a homicide. But that is not what hurt. What hurt is they pulled this man in, they questioned him, and they let him go. And did they say why? Did they say why they let him go? To my knowledge, no, they just didn't have, you know, his story. You know, while it may not have made sense to them, they didn't have any other reason to hold him. And for me, it blew my mind because how? This is the last man to see her alive. These these stories are not matching. How don't y'all see this? Like, I'm not a detective. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, it's like, if this was your child, what would you do? If this was your niece, what would you do? I got off a plane and immediately went to a store to find her something to wear. I had to go with her mother to give the clothes to the funeral home. I lost my mind when he laid those clothes in the casket because it became real. Right. And I remember going to her wake. And I remember just seeing her laying there and I laid my head on her chest. And I told her I was sorry because while I said all those people who I felt like were responsible for her death, I felt like I was too. She told me first and she told no one else. And I felt like because of our bond and the talk that we had that I helped. But I didn't because I didn't tell nobody. And that ate me up. Because what if I had told somebody? What if I told her mother? What if I called the police? She would be here. My friend would still be here. What if I said, Lexi, come here. Come to Cleveland. Come stay with me. Get away from him. And I didn't do any of that. And I lost my friend. And I started the foundation because it's so funny that I told her 
You know, we always say who we're not going to be. We're not going to be that girl. I never imagined in a million years that at 29 years old, I would be laying my friend to rest. Wow. She had so much like her kids, like everything. You snatched her from so many people that loved her. And I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I felt like I have to do something. I have to make sure that this don't happen to somebody else. And I started the foundation um, in November of 2012. And and I just said, I don't know who I'm going to touch. I don't even know where this is going to go. But it was therapy for me. You know, it helped me heal because I I still have guilt trips. And yeah. um, so what I did was the um, after I, you know, kind of got it out there, I started, um, I, you know, I put the fake Facebook page up and, you know, I kind of started the Instagram page. I started the website and I just told people and I wanted people to tell people. And, I, you know, I put wristbands on the website, you know, to, you know, to spread awareness. And if you wear this wristband, it's going to be a conversation starter. So when you start the conversation, it's going to, I just saw so many areas and so many ways that this could help people. And I started the first vigil. I did it um, October uh, of 2013. Um, I started the can. Uh, I started the vigil, and it, at first it was just I want to remember her, you know. So you know, I we I knew we would do a balloon release. We did a balloon release at the funeral, you know. We did a. I wanted to do a balloon release, and I just wanted us to say a prayer, light a candle, and then you know just have a silent moment. And um, and then after that, it was I'm like I have to do this every year. I have to do this every year. I have to put this out here. And I was overwhelmed with how big it got. Like, I don't think I was ready. So many people supported me from yourself, Jarvis. Jarvis helped me. My graphic, my logo right now is because of Jarvis Jones. Oh, nice. He did that for me. And that logo is on her headstone. And... I just got this overwhelming, like, it was so nice to see so many people just have my back and support what I was doing. You know, I didn't care if I got any recognition. I really didn't. But I knew that by doing this, this got to be bigger than Susan G. Coleman. It's got to be big. Because when October comes around, that's all you see. You see pink ribbons everywhere. And I don't want to take away from that because that's a big cause, too. But I want to start seeing purple ribbons every single place. When October rolls around, I want to see that. I want to see purple ribbons when it's not October. But I want this to be so big. And it's so funny that when I started it, so many, I had family members inbox me on Facebook like, oh, my God, this happened. This was me, but I'm still here. I had classmates who I had been knowing since middle school, and this is what they were going through. But because I put her story out there, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And it was just like, wow, but this is what I wanted. Have Mm. a conversation. Let's talk about this. This is uncomfortable. 
let's talk about this. And so I do the, I'll just real quick, so every year when I do the vigil, um, I do a balloon release. And every year with the balloon release, I get a set of 29 pink balloons. I do 29 pink balloons for to represent pink was her favorite color. 29 represents the year, the, um, the age she was when she passed away. I do a purple ribbon um, for every year that she's been going to signify domestic violence because purple is the color for domestic violence. Right. I do a gold balloon to represent every birthday that she has missed. And, um, I, you know, we pass the balloons around, we say a prayer, we have candles, and it's just a silent moment. And just no words, no words, but feel that energy. And this past um, 2016, this past uh, vigil that I had, I always do the balloon release every single year. But this year, there was a purple balloon and a gold balloon that stuck together and they would not move. And for me, that spoke volumes because for me, that was her and I because I felt like the relationship we had, like, nobody knows. You know, like, people saw us and like, oh, my God, that's your best friend, y'all crazy. But it's like we were on a whole nother level, and those balloons never separated. They let all the other balloons disperse, and they went their separate ways. And these two balloons stuck together, and they went all the way up to the sky. And I just said, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Because I get discouraged, I get, you know, like, oh, you know, this is so overwhelming, you know, like, can I do this? Is this, you know, is anybody going to pay attention to this? And that just let me know you're doing the right thing, but be patient. Continue to do what it is that you're doing, but be patient. And it's going to pay off. You're going to get the response that you want. And um, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the story. (laughs) It's long, but, yeah. Um, I know that the guy um, was released at first, but was he ever brought to justice for this? Not for her. Recently, he um, back in June, he was arrested, um, and I did. I, you know, I, I battled with it. I'm like, do I put this up or not? Because I've been wanting to put his picture all over um, the foundation's page for a very long time. And when I found out that he had went to jail, his and he will not get out until like 2032. I put it up, and um, I recall just writing this long blurb and, you know, just kind of explaining. And it's like the he has such a menacing look. When you look up this guy's rap sheet, everything that is on his rap sheet is violent, wow. sexual offenses. Wow. Every single one. And the one that took him to jail for 15 years is... um. It was sodomy. Um, And, you know, I said, you know what, while it's not what we may have wanted, he's he's where he needs to be. Right. And, um, you know, I still want him to be accountable for what he did to her, but I feel like karma is going to allow all of that, whether he gets it down on paper or not. Karma will get him. I, you know, I, 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 and I know it may sound bad, but I really pray that he sees her 
every time he closes his eyes, I hope that he sees her. Mm-hmm. I hope that he sees the light that he dimmed because he took her from a lot of a lot of people who really, really loved her. You, you know, her, her you daughter. Saw yeah, and her, you know, her. she didn't get to see her daughter graduate high school. Oh, man. She didn't doesn't get to see she didn't get to see her daughter go to prom she doesn't get to see her son play football like she didn't get any of that you took that and it's like it bothers me when people play a higher power you know yeah it's just it's just like i it, it it boggles my mind but like i said he's he's where he needs to be just not for what he did to her wow yeah wow 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 and I wanted to start the show off not to, you know, put a somber mood, but to show people the seriousness of what domestic violence could be. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of time conversations are had by people who have not experienced it or have no connection to it. And mm-hmm. I also think that we a lot of people that speak about domestic violence have perceptions molded by the media and television and fictional. For books sure. And, and mm-hmm. I wanted you to tell this story just because you know not only do i think it's good to get it out but man you you have to let people know the extent that this could go and that mm-hmm. it's close it can happen yeah. i yes I, you know i didn't know lexi closely um i didn't speak right. to her much at school but i knew her i tell mm-hmm. you one thing she smiled a lot Yes. And as you're telling that yes. story, I just see her smiling because I don't have many memories of her. Right. But I remember her smiling all the time uh, or laughing. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's crazy. So I, I think it's a great thing that you've started this. Again, uh, stars, the letter in the sky on Instagram. Please go. Just go follow them. Um, like it on Facebook. Um, do what you can. I, we're not, I, I, you know, the dope thing about Alice is she's never asked anybody for money or anything. She just wanted to get the story out. Just mm-hmm. have a conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you guys could go out and support, you know, it's not a whole lot of people listen to my podcast, but if you do, if you're within my voice, you know, go support by just following them on social media. Um, we're going to take a quick break. You know, that was heavy. And then we're going to have a discussion, uh, one that may be uncomfortable for a lot of people. But if you know somebody, make sure you share this podcast with them. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Um, Just had to get a breather. I had to sip my vodka and cranberry juice. Um, Wow, what a heavy story. Um. And again, like I said, I only I only had Alice to tell that story so people could understand the seriousness of it before we have an open discussion, a difficult one. And like the discussion that we're having affected someone close to us, very close to Allison. So um, we're going to get right into it. We're going to have a real discussion about uh, domestic violence, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions, um, a lot of a lot of perceptions that's incorrect. Um First thing I, I think that would be great to talk about is we kind of talked about it before that I think a lot of things mold people's perception of domestic violence. What is domestic violence to you? For for me, I, I, it can be 
so many things. And I think a lot of people think that it's just somebody smacking you around or anything. It can be verbal. Mm -hmm. Someone can verbally abuse you. They can mentally abuse you. And sometimes those are worse than a fist. Words can cut like a knife, and I don't think that people really understand that. And they think, he don't hit me. He don't, he don't hit me. He, he might say this to me, and he might say that to me, but he don't put his hands on me. And it's like, but he, he, he's tearing you down. He's he, he's hitting you. He just is not physically doing these things to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I think that's why so many people stay, because they, they're being abused and they don't even realize it. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because I think a lot of people, when they see domestic violence or they hear domestic violence, they immediately go to man hitting a woman. Yeah. And that's that's so small of a sample <laughs> to what domestic violence is. That's yep. like that's like saying all cookies are Oreos. Like you go exactly. down the cookie aisle, it's a lot of cookies. <laughs> exactly. It's a yep. lot of ways to dom- of domestic violence. You definitely right verbal, um emotional, mm-hmm. um even financial. Financial can Oh, be for sure. Violence. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, and holding some holding someone hostage financially, you know, mm-hmm. letting them know like you'll take everything away from them if they don't do such and such, you know, all those things, man. It's domestic domestic violence can be so much deeper. But I'm uh, I'm just being honest here. The perception that's put out in the media and television, and social media, and, and newspapers and everything is of man hits woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Because I think, and I think that this is just going, stemming back to, you know, the man has always been the head of the household. He's always in charge. This is what has been taught to us and engraved in us for decades. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because he is always the provider. He's always, he is like, you know, not only just the head of the household, but, you know, he's almost like, you know, the overseer, you know? So it's like, he's the most powerful. There's no way that this woman could ever do that because they're not equal. They're not Mm, equal at all. Okay, okay, you own something. I like this, okay. So because of that, this is why I feel as though Men are all, it's always displayed as man hits woman. And nobody ever discusses the woman hitting the man. And that happens. And that happens. But, and and two, that's not going to get talked about because what man wants to admit that a woman is abusing him? Oh, yeah. That's humiliating. I'll be honest, as a man, as serious serious as your story just hit home, as serious as I know that domestic violence can be, that's it for a man, in my opinion, me personally, how I feel. That's really embarrassing to admit. Exactly. You, your ego is now crushed right. because you allowed this woman to tear you down. How could this man, powerful, caveman, strong, allow this woman to do this to him? There's no way. That woman didn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not true. 
And I think that a lot of abuse to men gets swept under the rug because there's no way that that can happen to a man. Absolutely not. Man is stronger than woman. I don't. You. That's that's the perception out there. No mm. matter what, man is always stronger than woman. That's and, exactly what and, they're gonna say. And that's that's such a that's such a key point in understanding domestic violence and the perception of it is that deep below the surface, mm-hmm. the perception comes from that men and women aren't equal. And, and let yeah. me speak to that. Yeah, you know, I've been married for seven years. Been with my uh, wife for eight years. We are both equally powerful. We are both equally strong. We just do it differently. Yep. So I have an issue when people just say, uh, men and women are just unequal. One stronger yep. than the other. No, yep. one may be no. stronger in a certain area, you know, for yeah, sure. area than, than the other. And, you know, that thought that men and women are, are unequal, man, that's a cause for a lot of this view of domestic violence. And I think that's why a lot of domestic violence might get ignored. It's because we don't know where it comes from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, it's, and I think, and I may not, you know, women probably going to cut it off once I say this, but I feel like women, you can't say you want to be equal on every level until it comes to domestic violence. Oh yeah. Yeah. will scream and shout to the rooftops how equal you are until it comes to domestic violence. You're either equal or you're not. You can't pick and choose when you're equal. Either you want to be equal to men or you don't. Mm-hmm. Don't say, oh, you know what, when it, we're not equal when it comes to domestic violence. But jobs and all of that stuff, oh, yeah, we're equal, just not, just not this time. That's mm-hmm. not okay. That's just not okay, because what if they said, you know what, we were going to choose you for this job, but this man, while y'all got the same qualifications, because he's a man, we're going to go with him. Mm-hmm. going to call Gloria Allred real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can't pick and choose when you want to be equal to man. And I think that that's the problem. There's so many times where you see on TV shows, on cops or something, and they're called to the scene of a domestic violence situation, and they take the man, and that woman is the one who did something to him. Mm. Yeah. It happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like they they already know. If it's a domestic, men feel like if it's a domestic violence situation, whether the woman was the aggressor or whether the man was the aggressor, those police show up to that scene, the man is getting carted away. We've right. seen it happen so many yeah. times. We've seen it happen so many times. And I and I think for, you know, I, and I think that that's just, what kind of it's like i think that's another reason why we don't talk about it either because it's like taboo it's you know it's it's nobody wants to discuss that especially when it comes to being on the flip side it's a touchy subject nobody wants to talk about it but that's the problem you have to talk about it talk about stuff that makes you uncomfortable you have to um true or false i want you to think uh, I, i don't know the answer to this i'm just throwing this out there true or false if domestic violence was viewed as a human issue instead of a man woman issue, do you think that the world would take it more seriously? I think, I think so. And I say that, and I think that goes back to the being equal thing. If we see everybody as being absolutely the same, then 
everybody gets punished the same, mm. period, point blank. Because we're the same, there is no difference in us. But because that's not the way our society works, this is where we have the problem. Mm-hmm. This is where we have the problem. And, it's not, it's, and sometimes it's not just a man-woman thing. Because if, 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 if you remember the video of that one, I think he was a football player, dragging his wife like that, what happened to him? Oh, this Ray was Rice? videoed. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, yeah, this was videoed. This was videoed. And, you know, so it's like a lot of times it's stature, it's class, it's money. And a lot of times it don't have a lot to do with race. Yeah. A lot of things that happen are due to class and money. Mm, and yeah. and domestic, domestic violence is not one of those things that's left off the list. Now, it's I'm not. A- I'm going to definitely go back to the Ray Rice situation because I think there's so many layers to that. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. It's like if, if there's so many layers to domestic violence, if we just yeah. view it as it is on TV and movies and all that, we're going to have an incorrect perspective. I think mm-hmm. that's why sometimes so many men are insensitive to it. Yeah. I think that's why so many women are um why, why, I'm not going to say so many men, women. I think that's why some women not only don't take it serious because it's been fictionalized so much, mm-hmm. but also I think there are so many women that use it as a weapon. Uh, absolutely. I believe that. I believe that. So, yeah, it's so many layers to it. It's class. It's gender. It's race. It's, um, you know, I'm thinking about I've always been very critical of this person, Brittany Griner, top WNBA player. You know, she was in trouble for domestic violence with her then wife. Now, since then, she done disowned that wife, told her the kid ain't mine and all kind of other stuff. And, you know, she's busy making all stars and doing Gatorade commercials. And, <laughs> <laughs> and life is going on. And, and, and life uh, is going on. And know, where's her wife? We stopped um, talking about her. Yeah, we stopped You know, you see what I'm saying? She she is not, it's no longer, it's, it's a memory, it's done. Yeah, I, and that's and that was a woman woman situation, right? You know what I'm saying where the class and the money issue comes into stature, celebrity status. Mm-hmm. They know her; she's loved. They like she's likable. Yeah, let's move on. You know, Ronda Rousey. Um, and I love to tell this story because people don't. They she she was talking about a part of her new book, Ronda Rousey, MMA fighter. You know, super celebrity in the MMA world. You know, she told a story about how she had this boyfriend one time that cheated on her. And when he cheated on her, she beat the living daylights out of him. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, cool. And I'm like, no, that's not cool. This is a professional fighter. Right. Professional. Right. We say this is cool. <laughs> this, he cheated. This is what she does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, again, stature. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, I'm just putting it out there. Like I said, I'm going to be trying to be as honest as possible. If a woman puts her hand on a man, it's just not viewed the same. And, and that's digging to that unequal part. You're just thinking he's just strong. He can handle yep. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, sometimes it could be a pattern. That could be a dangerous pattern as your story alluded to. Um, yeah, because a lot of people think that, 
okay, he's hitting me. But I feel like when it comes to the abuser and even the person being abused, you have to know that by me putting my hands on this person, something could go wrong. It could mm-hmm. always go left. Mm-hmm. It could. And death can be an outcome. Whether you think about it or not in that moment, it is. This is what can happen when you're putting your hands on somebody. It, it truly is. Do I believe that this man set out to kill her? No. And I know that's probably people are like, oh, my God, that's your friend. How dare you say that? I don't think that's what he set out to do. Right. I think he set out to hurt her. That's mm-hmm. what he wanted. He set out to be dominant. He set out to show his power over her because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that is the abuser's number one goal. I need to show you that I am in control. Mm-hmm. Period. I am dominant. You are not. I run you. You don't. I am in control. You don't need anybody. You need me and me only. And his goal was to set out and dominate her. That's what he did, but his dominance overruled, and she was gone. That wasn't his goal. He didn't wake up that day. It wasn't premeditated. But that is what happens when you put your hands on people, Mm. period. That's so true. He didn't realize that that could be a result, a consequence of his actions. Exactly. All he wanted was control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, I'm getting all upset again. I want to punch the student in the face. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about intervening in domestic violence. Um, I'm going to tell a quick story. When I was younger, I was in Miami with my family. Um, and across the street, we saw a man run out and his white shirt had blood on it. Mm-hmm. Uh he ran in the middle of the street and he was like, can someone help me? She just stabbed me. Wow. I didn't think anything of it. I was young. I was just like, Whoa, what's going on? And I right. saw this woman speed out of the driveway, try to hit him. She missed him. She backed Ooh. up. She tried to hit him again. She kind of hit him, but he just kind of fell to the ground and she took off. Wow. I'm going <laughs> to tell you my family and we're all good, good people. We yeah. all said, hey, 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 back up. Don't get involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about that because in a way I feel like, yeah, sometimes you got to mind your business so that you don't get sucked right. into some whirlwind. But man, if, yeah. if, if more people in that club with Lexi had intervened, what the outcome could have happened? happened. Mm-hmm. So, That's I, I think about that all the time, and you you're right. Like we do that. I've done it. Like I'm not about to get involved in that, you know. But it's like, and but for me, you know, being I am a caregiver. That's what I do. I take mm-hmm. care of people. If they pass out, I have to save their lives. I have to intervene. I took an oath. I can't see you fall down and be like, oh, I can't. Mm-mm. I have to. Right. It's in me. There is no possible. I can't walk away from you, and I'm seeing you laying there, and I do nothing. But being human, me not, if I'm just, you know, if 
somebody you know regular just they they don't they don't have a healthcare background that's not what they're into they're not an EMT they're not any of that they're just a regular person like mm-hmm. you you guys were on vacation you were there to enjoy yourselves you're just like oh no I'm not you know and we and but we do it all the time but at the same time and after this happened I went uh, I I went to counseling because like I said I was guilt tripping myself. Right. And I will never forget the therapist saying to me, Allison, had you done all those things that you're saying, you're feeling guilty for not doing, had you done all those things and the outcome was still the same, what would you have done? Mm. And I just remember Mm. her sitting there because I didn't have an answer for her. And she said, with domestic violence, while it will hurt you, you have to step back. Because what you do as the person who is trying to protect the person you love is you push that person into the arms of the aggressor. Oh, so many times. That's what you do. Because you think about it. When you were a kid, when your mama tell you you can't do something, what you want to do? You want to go do it because you want to know why she's telling you not to do it. Right. This is no different. I'm telling you, stay away from this person. They're no good for you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to kill you. I remember saying that to Lexi. Lexi, get out of there. Forget your stuff. He's going to kill you. Mm. But she didn't She didn't really think that it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen. I know it was a possibility. But... It's, but that's what happens, and when she told me that, and this, and because she has said that to me, when people now reach out to me, and they're like, Allison, what am I supposed to do? I'll never forget my cousin. Her daughter was going through this, and I told her, that's your daughter, and I know you love her, but you got to stop. Mm. You have to love her from a distance, and when she runs to you, you open your door. Right. You never turn your back on her. You oh, If you have to open that door 99 times, you open that door. And when it comes to time 100, you just going to have the door open because you know what's coming. Mm. But do not stress your opinion. You have to be silent. You have to be silent. And you have to be silent. And while you don't think that being silent will help, it will. A lot of times we feel like, oh, you got to speak out, you got to do stuff. But domestic violence is very sensitive. Is very sensitive, yeah. and when it comes to somebody, number one, you have this person over here that is brainwashing this person, telling them, your family don't love you. I'm the one that loves you. They're making them think that all they have is them. So when you come from the outside and you're negative and you're saying all these bad things about this person who is showing me, uh-uh, mm-hmm. they got my back. What you talking about? It's like, they're right. They're right. You know what? He's right about y'all. And there comes the separation to a point where you won't see him, that person, anymore. Because the aggressor has them now. Right where they want them. The control. It's all about control. Mm -hmm. That's domestic violence. It's all about control. And I I think that's great advice because I think so many people, they initially say, well, if you ain't gonna listen, then I'm gonna take a complete step back and I'm not gonna talk to them. They cut the person off. And yep. what you're saying is good idea. Like it's a 
you can see if it works to be silent, be silent, but mm-hmm. always be ready to be there for them and support. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what some people, I, even I need to understand that, that, you know, when some people, you know, when people don't want to listen to us, we've tend to be like, all right, fine, do whatever you want to do. And we cut exactly. them off. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's okay to be like, you know what? I can't speak on this. Cause right now you may not be in the right frame of mind. It's not mm-hmm. going to change anything, but whenever you're ready, I can be supportive. That's, yep. that's a conscious decision. I don't even know if that's human. And I don't know if that's a natural human reaction to be like, I know you ain't listening to me, but I'm going to be there for you no matter what. I think that's and it's not, it's learned, it's, it's learned behavior. It's learned yeah. behavior. You, that's not your first instinct to do. Because what we always say, I ain't giving you no advice. You don't listen anyway. Right. But you have to, you got to do the complete opposite. You got to do the complete opposite. You got to cut that advice off, but still have that ear open. Because mm-hmm. that's what they want. They, they, they need that. You have, you have to be there. You have to be there. And they have to know that you're there no matter what. Even if they go back 20 million times. No matter what, they know this door over here is always open for me, though. Mm, that's good advice. And they're going to get, you know, they'll, they'll get tired. They will. But you have to let them come to that realization. You can't make somebody realize that they're tired. They have to realize that they're mm, tired. You and when be, you they can, get yeah. tired, it will happen. But mm-hmm. it has to happen organically. You cannot force it. Yeah, you can't give anything to anybody that don't want it. Like, you nope. just can't. You can't give a gift to somebody who don't want the gift. Thank you. It's just, you, you just it, it just does not work like that. It doesn't. And it's like we want it to. Why? Because that's easy. Right. But in all actuality, that's just not how it works. Mm. It's just that's just not how it works. That's a good point, because I think a lot of times I think people that give advice to people who may be in a domestic violence abuse situation, we like to play with house money. What I mean by that is. Yeah. We like to we like to give all the advice because we don't have to deal with the consequences of the decisions. It's exactly. Oh, I'm so glad to. you said that. We, yeah, we, we can deal with them, but we don't have to. We're not in a situation where no matter what, I got to deal with the decision, the consequences yes. of this decision. So we yeah. play with house money because it's like, why won't you leave? Why don't you know? We're just throwing mm-hmm. it out there. I don't get why you right. won't do it well, because right. you don't have to deal with the consequences of nope. this if this goes awry. Exactly. You're not in it. You're yeah. not in it. So you don't understand what it's like. Mm. And it's like you have you you kind of have to put yourself in that person's shoes. And it's hard because if you're one of those people that say, I ain't gonna let nobody hit on me, you know, and and, and then you sit there and you realize like, hmm, wait a minute, once you break domestic violence down, yeah, he might not be hitting on you. But what did he do? He controlled the money. He controlled you can't see your friends. You're being abused. And guess what? You ain't left either. So how dare you tell this person and ridicule them and criticize them for not leaving when you in your own hell over here. Mm-hmm. So but true. you don't even know it. You don't even know it. It's a fire circled all around you, and you have no clue. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not what you think it is. It's not your perception of what domestic mm-hmm. violence is. Because you think it just has to be this, 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 and it's not all the time. So true. It's not. Oh, let's 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 go into that because I, I 
you know, I, I know we're running a little long, but God is such a good discussion with when it comes to perception um, and it being your own perception. I think that affects a lot of things. When I did some research on this topic, I found out that there are different kinds of domestic violence, not verbal and physical, but actually deeper. They call it they call one of them. Uh, I don't know if you heard of um, common couple violence, CCV. And they, there's IT, uh, intimate terrorism. And I, and I think that sometimes people's experience, whether or not it be through the media or personal, they apply it to whenever they hear the word domestic violence and they don't separate it till it could be these two levels. Right. So somebody who's going through all kind of Hades and, and just, they've been dragged and back and they were finally able to escape this and they see a man pointing aggressively at his woman. They're going to be like, Oh my God, you know, they might flip out, but that's your perception. This could just be common couple violence, which I always ask people, does everybody have limits? Yes. Yep. Sometimes limits are crossed. And things get vis- physical. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying sometimes I understand that. But there's a very different difference between what you describe, which you use the key word, controlling, when the, when the method is controlling and when the method is just in the heat of the moment, we've both crossed our limits. Yeah. And I think people put their perception on it. And I think that's dangerous. Oh, yes. And this is what I'm saying, like, people, like, really, it's, it's, this is so deep. This is so deep. I don't think we will ever get to the center of it. But talking about it, you know, it, it, it will help so much. But domestic violence is deep, man. Yeah. It's, it's so deep on so many levels. Like, you, you really don't, you really don't realize it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody telling you you can't talk to somebody and not be involved with your family, that's abuse. Yeah, it is. That's abuse. And, you know, it's just, and it's, but because, you know, there there's no laws against somebody telling you you can't see somebody. There, It really isn't. It really isn't. So it's like, it's, it's it's just so deep, man. It's just so deep, man. We can yeah. talk for ages. Yeah. Um, let me touch on this because you brought out Ray Rice. Um, that was such a big story. And because there was video, it was able to put some kind of perspective on what happened. Um, you know, Ray Rice, even though he didn't do much jail time, you know, he lost his career. He lost a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But here's something that I noticed. I just want to get your opinion. Um from the beginning, they always told the same story, which is this never happened before. And they both profess their love for each other. Now, me personally, I've heard it before all the time. Yeah, you love each other. But look what he just did to you. You got to understand. Now we see this couple being advocates for domestic violence. They have been together since then. They got married immediately after the incident. And that is crazy loving couple from what we can see. And so, you know, how do we view that? So many people view him as this disgusting human monster that, oh, my God, they even turned on her and was like, how dare you not leave him? Right. You know, how, how, you know, what's your perception? What's your perspective on that? Like that, that's a crazy situation. 
It really is, and it's so funny because I think a lot of times, um, and I don't know if maybe people will classify her as that, I, or if or if what she did, they would see it that way. Um, Stockholm syndrome. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of that before, but and it's happened with like people who have gotten kidnapped, and they start to love the person who kidnapped them. And this is a couple. They love each other. They say, it never happened. We had a bad night. Okay, he hit me. Big deal, so what? And it's like, and, you know, all these kind of, you know, they got married. They started being advocates. And I feel like, that. you know, I, I get it. You know, that's a good thing, you know. But at the same time, it's like, was it okay? It's like, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't know how to really and truly like feel about that it's it's really weird because it's like is this the first time you know what i'm saying yeah. like was it you know like it, you know and it's like does this happen all the time does he you know he smack you around and then say babe i got some flowers let's go to dinner right. and it's like w w w i don't i don't know like that's just so crazy and i i mean but if it worked for them that's great. And if he, you know, that did just happen at one time and he never put his hands on her again, beautiful. Mm -hmm. But that's not something we'll ever know because cameras don't follow them. You know, we don't know what's going on in their life on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I can only hope that it's not continuing to happen. And I right. hope that what did take place and because it was out there in the media and because he got so many things stripped from him, he learned his lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a, that's a big thing for me because I feel like, you know, a lot of times we do focus on the victim. We don't focus on the abuser. Something's wrong with him too. Ooh, or her. Yeah. Something's wrong with them because what clicks in your mind that says, I want to hurt you. The person you that made I love. me mad. Yeah. Let me hurt you. So something needs to happen, not just to the victim, but that abuser, because something is wrong. We need we we need to do something. We need to start here. We yeah. need to start here. And that's you, why I say you, you have to do that. And that's why I say I don't think that. Um, I've always told people I don't. As much as I hate it, like I'm not gonna lie. I have a niece. I have friends female friends yeah let just let your significant other put their hands on you and see that all 300 pounds of me don't show up right <laughs> I, don't, I don't always think that going to jail is the answer because like mm -hmm. you said something's wrong with that abuser too mm -hmm. um i think of uh brandon marshall who's a football player and thinking now plays with the giants he had i want to say about three or four domestic abuse run-ins he continued to have them for like years straight. Mm -hmm. And then they found out later, oh, snap, he has a mental illness. He has a legit, <laughs> I, I want to say he's bipolar. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, but if you take somebody like that and you throw them in jail, they don't get fixed. You're not, you're not, re you're not rehabilitating this person. And then they get out and then they may do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And somebody mm -hmm. else is, gets hurt. And now this... Whenever I see Brandon Marshall on TV, I'm just I'm I'm still shocked because I know his past. You know, he's this great advocate for mental awareness and uh, against domestic violence. He he speaks so highly and eloquent is because he got the help that he needed. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's such a great point that you brought out. Not everybody needs coddling or therapy. You know, some people like the story you told at the beginning, he he's where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. You need prison. You do. You do. And and, and I and I hope for him that while he's there, I do hope that he gets some type of help. Because why are you so sexually aggressive? You know, I, know. I feel like I, I am one of those people um, that believes that everybody acts a certain way. I feel like there's a reason for everything. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not one of those people that feel like people just do stuff just because I don't believe that. I believe that everybody acts a certain way for a reason. Something happened to you to shape you to be the person that you are, for you to act and do the things that you do. I I truly believe that. And I feel like for somebody who everything on your rap sheet, you don't have theft, you don't have, you know, receiving stolen goods. Like, you don't have anything like that. Everything is sexually aggressive. Everything. Sodomy rape like everything is so aggressive you know you failure to register as a sex offender like you know all of these things is is so sexually charged but why Mm -hmm. why why is that why do you feel like you need to dominate a woman in order to feel like you're in power? Mm. There, you know, it, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. But I feel like that's what needs to be addressed. And I feel like it's so overlooked, and we are so quick to throw people behind bars and treat them like animals and cage them up. And when you cage animals up, what happens? Sometimes they get more aggressive. Yep. Yep. They get more aggressive. So we're throwing him in jail, and don't get me wrong, I do believe that he belongs there. I I really and truly do. He belongs there. Do something for him while he's there, because I feel sad for him. I feel sad for him because he has led a very sad life. Yeah. Your whole life has been all the, you know, in and out of jail. In and out of jail, and you and what and it makes me sad because seeing all of this makes me know that you can't sit down and have a normal conversation with a woman. <laughs> so you have to dominate them. Yeah, you have to dominate them. You can't be yourself. Something in you tells you this woman is not going to like me. I know she's not. I can't be myself. I can't approach her like a normal person. Let me dominate her. Mm-hmm. Let me take what it is that I want. Yeah. You and can't he, communicate. Yeah. And he's got to learn wrong? that. He's got to learn that. Because yeah. as I as I said at the beginning, like one of one of my biggest strengths is that I know my weaknesses. I know mm-hmm. my weaknesses, I have an understanding of them. So yep. I, I'm not a well, I think all men are not, but we are not the best communicators. If you no. go to a war over words <laughs> with us, we will lose. If we have yeah. a war over words, we will lose every time. And it's what happens after you are getting ready to lose or while you're losing is what defines what type of man you are. Yep. He didn't know how to handle it. So he decided, well, I got to show some type of power. Exactly. I'm going to be physical. No, 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 no. Yep. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to be strong enough to walk away. Sometimes yep. you got to be, you know, like me after seven years of marriage, I've learned when I'm losing, it's time to throw in the white flag, apologize, uh-huh. walk away. Yep. 
You yeah, walk it, away. It's it's, it's okay. You can't win something. every battle. Yeah. You can't win every battle, and that's okay. That's okay. But you still win because you realize, you know what? I'm wrong. You still won. You mm-hmm. still won. And, and, and you might not won in a way that you probably wanted to, but it was a small victory for yourself because you know what? Y'all not arguing. Y'all both got y'all points across. There's peace in the home. Mm. Period. Ooh, peace. Oh my goodness, that's peace is so important when it comes to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Man, my goodness, and being peaceable, like being actively yes. trying to seek peace, not just embracing the times when there is peace no try to try to get peace in your household yeah you can't do it then you need to be by yourself you need to be by yourself until you can learn what peace is you can't be a peaceful person to someone else if you're not peaceful to yourself you 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 can't um you know you can't love nobody if you don't know how to love yourself Mm. you can't keep it real with nobody if you can't keep it real with yourself. Mm-hmm. If you walking around living a lie, that's what you're going to give everybody else, a lie. A you got to, yeah. you have to, everything starts with self. Everything starts with self. I can't put out good energy and all that's going through me is bad, negative stuff. I can't do that. Oh my goodness. It vibes, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull and just pour out of your pores. Negative energy is strong. Oh it my is goodness, strong. Yes. You can kill a mood. Somebody walk in with some negative energy, it tears the room up. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody poured a whole bottle of cologne, bad cheap cologne, on themselves and came and sat right next yep. to you. Yep. And you can't get it. It's, not, it's, it's in your nostrils. Even when you walk away, it's still there. And I'm one of those people. I'm a viber. So I, I, I feed off of people's energy. And, you know, I, I, I can't be around you like that. I need good energy at all times because that's what I'm going to give you. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to give you because that's what I want back. I want good energy. I need good energy. Ooh, and you, need, need, you deserve it. When you give it, you deserve good energy back. You deserve it. You don't yep. deserve negative energy. I'll tell that to anybody, especially my ladies. Like, if you're giving out good energy and you ain't getting it back, it's time for you to go find some. Yep. Because <laughs> some people are not yep. capable of giving you good energy back. They just don't love don't. themselves enough to give it back to you. They don't. And, they, and and don't get me wrong, I think a lot of people try. They want to. That's what they really, really want. But some people just can't do it. It's just not in them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's okay. Ain't nothing wrong with them. You know, they're they not a bad person for it, but maybe they didn't learn it. Maybe they didn't grow up where it was, you know, taught to them and they saw it. So they know how to give it. They're trying to learn it now in, as an adult, and that's bad. Have you ever tried to learn to, bi- learn to ride a bike at 35? <laughs> oh, I'm and pretty sure. Never rode one? You see what I'm saying? So yeah. you, can't, uh, you can't expect sometimes certain people to know stuff. It, it, it's, it's just not in them. It's not anything that they've ever learned. And if you try to teach somebody who has learned something one way before, if all I know is one plus one is two, you can't sit here and tell me two plus zero is two. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yep. It's one plus one. It's one plus one. There is no other way. Yep. And that happens a lot with people. You know what I'm saying? They get stuck in their ways and they can't change. And sometimes that's bad. Yeah, but it's that's why I say it, you you gotta 
put yourself in position when you notice those things in you. You got to mm-hmm. put yourself in position to make those changes. It's just needed. It's yep. just needed because we don't need another situation like what created the stars in the sky. No, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple more questions, man. I know, I know we're running out of time, but we, I got a couple more questions, and then we're gonna wrap up the show. Okay. All right. So, one more question before I know we gotta get ready to wrap up, but this is one that was like plaguing me. You know how men and women handle their anger. You know, I know society has a double standard in how they're able to handle their anger. We know this. We don't have to go into depth on that. But, like, how do we change that? Like, how do we change the the fact that we accept that, you know, men, you know, you have to have these extreme limits on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and ladies, you know, you can probably lose all control, but it's okay because you can show your emotions. Right. I don't I don't know how to change especially for men. I will say that being married, I learned about it. But like mm-hmm. men don't show our emotions well. And it's No, like, you all don't. Yeah. And it's women are so, emotional creatures. So. <laughs> and but I think that's so detrimental to us because because we don't know how to we don't show our emotions well and we don't handle them. That don't mean they mm-hmm. don't exist. We can't mm-hmm. ignore them. So when we feel mm-hmm. them, we're overwhelmed. Yeah, because so like, it's like, what is this? I will, oh no, this is too much. Yeah, so um, just talk about like how men and women handle anger and and how that might be related to domestic violence. That that's that's a point that I definitely want to talk about before we ended the show. Um, so this is my thing, and we see this a lot. And I am a mother of two boys, so and because you know. I'm a mom and, and I'm a woman, you know what I'm saying? I'm in touch with my emotions. I, what I've seen even growing up and even now is, you know, seeing people do it. We, and I say we because, you know, this is what society has taught us. This is how we were raised. Boys, don't, uh-uh, don't you cry. You a boy, suck that up. That's true. He, fall, yeah. he falls down. He hurts himself. Uh-uh, don't you cry. You better not cry. Why? He's hurt. Let him express that. Yeah. yeah. Get that right. out. My my two-year-old, if he falls off his bike and he cries, I'm going to help him up. Oh, are you okay? But if you want to cry, baby, you best go on and cry because it hurts. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that if something hurts, this is how I deal with it. I cry. I get it out. And as they get older, you know, instead of throwing a tantrum, mm-mm, let's do this. Let's count. You teach them. But we don't teach boys that. We don't teach boys that because they're not supposed to they're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to always be strong. But you can't always be strong. You can't always Man, be strong. So you that's cannot so always be strong. You everybody has a weakness. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that bothers them or you know that that makes them feel some kind of way and there has to be a way for you to get it out i know me if i'm in an argument with my significant other i know because i've learned myself my mouth can be a lethal weapon so you Mm -hmm. know what i'm about to talk to you right now Mm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna be quiet i may shut down during this conversation but i'm doing that because what I know is sitting on the tip of my tongue, I don't mean it's vicious and hurt people, hurt people. So I'm going to be quiet because at the end of the day, 
I don't want to hurt you because I care about you. But, see, that's something that I had to learn. And I, but I also had a parent who did not tell me to suppress my feelings. We have to teach our sons and our daughters that it is okay if, some, if something does not sit right with you, if you don't feel well about something, if something is bothering you, you talk about it. Teach them ways to cope with all those feelings. Yes. Because you can, go through, you can go through six emotions at one time, but you need to know how to level it all out. You yeah. can be angry, you can be sad, you can, you know, you, you want to cry, you want to yell, do that. I'm quick to tell somebody that when they're like, oh, my God, I'm just going through this, and I just want cry. Is that what you want to do? Do yeah. it. Go in a room and cry. If you want to scream, do that. But if we teach our boys and if we teach our girls how to handle those emotions when they come up, I think that they will be much better when they become adults because they'll get themselves in these situations where somebody, oh my God, somebody taking me. And you know what your limits are. So because you know what your limits are, you know, you know, your triggers, you know, your limits. And so you know what, you know what? We got to take five. Mm. I got to walk away. I I, I can't talk to you right now because I, it's going to go left. And that's not what I want because at the end of the day, you do all of that. Nothing gets solved. It's still the elephant in the room. Mm Mm-hmm. It's still the elephant in the room, but the elephant that had a baby now because you smacked me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? So it's and like now you've created another problem. And and I'll, and, and I'll take it a step further. This may be going too deep. I don't care. Look, this is that type of conversation. When you are in a relationship, a real one where your emotions and your feelings are invested, it is a mirror. I keep telling people when you get married. All that stuff you thought you hide, you hid for all these years, it's going to show up because a relationship is a mirror. It will show you all those little shortcomings. That's why some people can't yeah. handle marriage or a serious relationship because they start to see things in themselves they ain't want to see. They've been hiding it for years. Yep. So all those somebody little, else seeing it. They, yeah. Somebody else seeing this insecurity now. And it's like, exactly. uh-oh, they done, they, I done showed them my hand. Yep. And because And because they love you, they ain't doing it exactly malicious, but because they have feelings for you, they're going to yeah. show it to you. I got to show yeah. you that this is a weakness that you have. Yeah. So when you don't teach people how to deal with their emotions, that's going to show up. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to flourish in your relationship. And I mm-hmm. think when you don't know how to handle it, this is where domestic violence, whether it's common couple violence or, um, intimate terrorism, either way, you have not learned how to handle your emotions. No. And so I'm not with you. at all. We got to start telling our boys, don't cry. Always yeah. be strong. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. That, that goes it against don't. natural human behavior. <laughs> exactly. You, you're going to, you're going to feel like it. That's basically telling them you bet not feel. Mm-hmm. You bet not feel. I don't care. You bet not feel. How are you going to tell a human being? not to feel it's not in anybody's nature not to feel that's not possible we're Mm -hmm. not robots we're living breathing humans we feel we feel and we have all kinds of emotions and it's good to feel all those things it's good to get angry sometimes passion comes out when you get angry Mm -hmm. it's good to be sad sometimes 
all those things, they will make you such a much better person if you are in tune with all those things. You you gotta have that. You become a well rounded person when you are in touch with all those when you are in touch with you and in tune with every single molecule of you, you are a well rounded person. Can't nobody yep. stop you. Yep. And for our women, for our ladies, like we have to tell them that you cannot be over, uh, consumed by your emotions. You cannot no. do it. Just like we tell boys, hey, you have to learn how to feel your emotions and deal with them. You yeah. have to learn that it's not a, it's not okay. You know, it's just like cooking. I can cook yeah. some food, but if I turn the fire up too much, I'm going to burn everything. I'm going to burn it. Yep. So, ladies, you can't burn everything just because I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel this way. That's mm. not okay anymore. Mm-mm. Because what you do is you start to go beyond the limits that logic has. So I always tell people, there's a reason why I won't go up to Mike Tyson and punch him in the face. Because exactly. I know there's a consequence to that. Right. Right. right? And it's a consequence that I may not like. Exactly. But when you're mm-hmm. consumed with emotion, yep. and, when, and you know, you'll go do something crazy to somebody like Mike Tyson. Or somebody you will, because you're not you're not thinking rationally. You're not thinking rationally, because you're so consumed with emotion. But then mm-hmm. when you get the consequence, you know, then all of a sudden it's I don't know why this happened. No, I tell you why exactly. this happened. Mm-hmm. You went past mm-hmm. your limit. You went past your limit. You you went past your limit, and that is it's so important. Man, we got it. it. It's so it's so much, but it starts off as kids, because trying to correct an adult. Oh, I'm yeah. sure we have tried. You, it, it, it's just it's it's hard. It's that sometimes you fight the losing battle. Yep. But you have to start to teach your kids to you know feel those emotions, like you said, learn your limits. You know what I'm saying, women? Don't be consumed. You know what I'm saying? Go count to ten. Bring your. Nobody is telling you not to be angry. Nobody is saying don't feel that hurt. But don't feel that hurt continuously at a level one thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you gonna lash out, and that's not always good. You are gonna do something that you can't take back. Yep. And, and 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 you don't want that. You know what I'm saying? You want to be able to. Okay, this is the emotion I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. This is how I'm gonna handle it. Here's the solution. Yep. Yeah, it's so true. And ladies, please. I, and after this, we're gonna actually give some advice to men and women. Ladies, please understand that the more you hurt a man with words, he cannot handle it. I don't know any man in this world, and I know a lot of good men. I don't know one of them that can handle a verbal lashing to no end. After a while, you got to stop. When you see that man shutting down, oh, my God, please stop. Yeah. Because he don't don't know how to handle it. We just... We don't know how to handle it. And to be honest, I don't even know if we wired to handle it. I just don't. There's a limit to men when it comes to speech. After a while, that's why men get to fighting. And that's also why men can get along right after a fight. Oh, yeah. No more talk. No more talk. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to swing and we're going to be cool because I don't know how to do all this talking, but I know how to get physical. Right. Don't push a man beyond his bump. Um. I said that um, let's give some advice to men and women. Um, Allison, um, I asked, uh, you know, could you give three things that every woman should know about domestic violence? 
Um, okay, so one, three things that everybody should know, or women, it does not have to be physical. I mm. feel like that's the biggest thing. It does not have to be physical. You need to know when someone is trying to control you, when they're, if they're trying to take you away from your family, if, you know, they're trying to tell you basically how to live your life, you need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. and reevaluate the situation and reevaluate this relationship because a relationship is two people coming together as a team and making it work and getting to the top. It's not about one being greater than the other one, one being the, the you know, the, the, the dominant one and mm-hmm. all of that. But it's not about that. And Women need to know that. I feel like some because we're taught to be submissive to our our men, um, we get really passive sometimes, and we make ourselves, you know, not not always. I'm not. I don't want to say a target, but because we're taught to be submissive, we tend to not speak up for ourselves sometimes. Right. So always know that it does not have to be physical. Um, I also think that uh, let's see one thing. Um, talk about it. Tell somebody. Don't keep mm, it to yourself. Yes. Don't keep it to yourself. I know it's hard. You're probably going to feel like people are going to judge you. But so what? You got to talk about it. You have to talk about it. You need to have somebody out there that knows what's going on with you. Because if you come up missing, somebody needs to tell your story. Somebody needs to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Um. So the last thing that I can say is about domestic violence is don't blame yourself. You did Mm -hmm. not do anything. You didn't cause this. Nothing that you did made this person do what they did to you. It's not your fault. Something is wrong that went wrong in this person when they were growing up or when they became an adult. But something happened that this person is the way that they is. And maybe, you know, a small little argument could be talking about cereal and it set them off because you didn't talk about the cereal that they like. That's not your fault. Mm -hmm. That's not your fault. So you cannot blame yourself. And the moment that you stop blaming yourself, the moment that you talk about it and you tell somebody, and the moment that you realize those triggers, those things that aren't all physical, I promise you, you can save yourself. I promise you that you can save yourself. And you have to want to do it. You have to love you so much that you go and you grab your own life jacket, period, point blank. You swim through that water. You grab that life jacket and you save yourself. Wow. Wow. Oh, excellent advice. Excellent advice. Um, Here's what I have for three things that every man should know about domestic violence. One, the law is not on your side. It is never on your side. So what I'm telling you is handle yourself accordingly. I'm not saying that you can't press charges and all that stuff. I'm saying that understand that the law is not skewed to be on your side. So it's up to you to start to learn some self-control, learn how to escape situation and learn Uh how to be aware of your surroundings. Domestic violence is like crossing a street. Yeah. Yeah. 
We know how bad it could get if you cross the street incorrectly. So what do you do? You make sure you're aware of your surroundings. You double check. You got to do the same thing because mm-hmm. law ain't there to help you. You have right. to be there for yourself first. Right. Number two. Number two and one big one. Learn your weaknesses. You have yeah. to learn what your limit is, what your weakness is. So when you get... When you're in a situation that is getting close to your tipping point, you know how to react. It's very easy to handle things when you know it's coming. So mm-hmm. when you see yourself getting to a certain point, whether or not you are the victim or the abuser, getting out is the first line of defense. Yeah. Especially for a man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially. Look, I know. I, I know for a fact it's happened to me. I know they'll run up and they'll block the door. You ain't yeah. going nowhere. Listen, <laughs> if you understand your strength and you know what could happen, if you break your limits, you will get out. Mm-hmm. You got to understand your weaknesses and your limitations. Number three, I've said this before on a previous show. You cannot win by hitting a woman. You will never win by hitting no. a woman. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You will always take a L. It's even yeah. if it seems justified, yep. you will not win. You won't win. If you beat up a girl, you know what they're going to say? You was too strong. Why you beat her up? You can have Why? all the reason in the world. Mm-hmm. Don't she could have spit on you everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can beat up. If you fight, if you hit a woman and she whoop your tail, you took a loss again. Yep. If you tap a woman and you leave a bruise, in a relationship, you've lost, you're going to jail. So understand, you may take a risk and to think that it's okay to put your hands on a woman. I'm here to tell you that understand no matter what, you're mm-hmm. gonna take an L. Yep. You are going to. There is no out. I even thought about the situation. What if I walk in and this babysitter or or my wife is beating my infant child am i right. gonna react sure am am i gonna take right. a L? I sure am just telling you what it is it don't seem fair it's not fair but i'm just telling you what life is you're gonna take a L if you put your hands on a woman period oh yeah period <laughs> period, period. Yeah. great advice um the way we end our show we like to hold men accountable so we do what's called a man law violation segment i know women are not that well versed in man law But I do think a woman's perspective is key on this situation. So here's how we're going to close the show. We're going to talk about this situation. Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors is being sued. He slapped and hit a Michigan State uh, player named Jermaine Edmondson. Now, recently, Jermaine Edmondson came out. He talked about how that situation affected him. Um, With his girlfriend by his side, he talked about what happened, how his hands were laid on his girl. Hands was laid on him. He was slapped once. He was punched. He was held down. And he talked about how because of the situation, sometimes even today, even though it happened two years ago, he still wakes up crying. And he also talks about how I can still feel his hand on my jaw. Um, Is he in violation of man law with how he is dealing with the alleged events with Draymond Green. I'm going to start because I know man law very well. 
And that's what we just had. We just had a great discussion about feelings and all that. I'm just telling yes, you. Yes, we did. His <laughs> he is violating man law. You cannot wake up in the middle of the night, two years later, crying <laughs> because a man slapped you. If he pulled a gun on you, I get it. Right. If, if he sexually assaulted you, I definitely get it. Right. If he, he broke into your house and violated your sense of privacy, I get it. You were in a yeah. club and he punched you. And then when you met back up with him, he slapped you in the face. I'm sorry. Two years later, I'm not saying you need to let it go, but I'm going to need for you to stop waking up in the middle of the night and crying. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a violation segment. Um, yeah. Two years later, <laughs> Admitting that a man is strong enough that you still so-called feel his hand on your jaw. This is a man law violation segment. You can never admit that any dude got that kind of power over you two years later. Okay. Yes. Okay. A man's, uh, I will say this, a man's man, one of his main jobs is to be a protector. Mm-hmm. Would you having a woman? I don't know how she looks at you as a protector when you in public will admit yes. that you still feel another man hand on your jaw when he slapped and punched you. He yes. didn't even, I mean, he didn't beat the brakes off of you. He just slapped he you just, and punched and you. Punched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. So I want to ask you, Allison, because <laughs> while he's saying all this, his woman is right there. <laughs> how would you, if you was his woman, how would you react to two years later? He's still going through all this. Well, first of all, we would not have uh, done the interview. I would have had to take the microphone. Because it's like, <laughs> nah, you, 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 you ain't going to be telling our business like that. You're not going to be telling people that I wipe your forehead in the middle of the night and your oh, tears because you're crying because <laughs> somebody hit you. You went to school. Do you know? Boys are stupid. They, they slap box. They do this. This is what they do. So you mean to tell me that this man who hit you two years ago, this still affects you? You didn't go to war in Vietnam. You don't have post-traumatic stress disorder. You got hit. Your ego may be bruised, Mm -hmm. but you don't have post-traumatic stress disorder. We're going to have to stop. You have to stop. Like, I would, I would, I would. And like I said, we just talked, we had this big old discussion about feelings. But I would be a little embarrassed. I would be a little embarrassed. (laughs) There's no way that if I get into a fight with a woman, two years later, I'm waking up and I'm still crying. Because I'm a woman, I'm in touch with my feelings. I I cry at movies. But I'm not going to cry about that. I'm not going to cry about that. We need to let that hurt go. Oh, my God. Yeah, let that hurt go. So... Understand that from a man, I'm telling him, I'm saying, Jermaine, you violated man law. I'm not telling you how to handle this situation, but what I am telling you is you got to handle it. This is embarrassing. And Allison is here to tell you, you're embarrassing (laughs) your woman at the same time. I need you to stop. You are. You are. Um, Allison, I appreciate this conversation. This is one of the best conversations I've ever had on my podcast. Um, I think it'll help a lot of people. Tell people where they can find you on social media and Twitter and all that other stuff. Um, on social media, the uh, um, 
foundation's page is the stars, the letter N, the sky, no underscores, no spaces. Um, on Facebook, the stars in the sky. Um, and then my own personal Facebook page is Allison Davis. Reach out to me. Um, the website is www starsinthesky.com. Um, go read the story about Lexi. View the pictures. See her in the light that she was because that's my biggest thing. I want people to see her how she always was, how I remembered her. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, I, word of mouth is is huge. You don't understand the power of word of mouth. I don't think people get it. And if we talk about it, we have a conversation, this will be so much bigger and it will be exactly what everybody needs. If I can just save one person with her story, I have done my job. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Please listen to me. Please, please, please. I don't ever ask y'all for a whole, whole lot on this show. Um, I'd, I'd spend my own money. I spend my own time. I make sure I do these things. Just go and click like, go and click follow. That's it. You ain't yep. even got a messenger. Follow, yep. support, follow, subscribe. Follow. Do yep. those things for me. All right. Um, you can always find me at the number four HF advantage on Twitter and Instagram. You can search for me on Facebook for home fit advantage sports talk and for home fit advantage sports trash talk. This is a great discussion. Please, please share it. Um, we don't know who it can affect. I'm not doing this for views. I'm not doing this for listens. I am not making no money off this. What I am asking is that you share this because I think this discussion can be impactful to someone. So please share. I catch y'all on the next podcast. Thank you again, Allison, for no longer being bougie and you grown up. <laughs> and you're a dope Thank person. Thank you for now. having me. <laughs> All right, people, we out.